Now we start today with the other big news story in our province that broke yesterday. The BC vaccine card announced by the provincial government. Proof of vaccination to be required to enter a restaurant, a nightclub, movie theater, sports event, concerts, even indoor weddings and birthday parties. This is the toughest vaccine requirement in Canada. It starts to kick in next month. Here is Premier John Horgan making the announcement yesterday. We are announcing the initiation of what we're calling the BC Vaccine Card to make sure that when you go out to non-discretionary activities uh, that you can go to uh, with the confidence that those around you have also taken steps to protect themselves and their families. Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday on how the BC Vaccine Card will work. We're making it as simple as we possibly can. Mostly it'll be either by phone or by showing a, a paper copy. Okay, that, that was the announcement yesterday. Let's discuss now with my guest, Megan McDermott, staff lawyer with BC Civil Liberties. And I'm pleased to welcome her back to the show. Megan, thank you for coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. What are your thoughts and reaction to this announcement yesterday of the BC vaccine card? Um, well, I guess really just um, um, the surprise um, and concern. Um, this is really, you know, big in scope and unprecedented for all of us here in BC. So um, there are a lot of details that are still up in the air um, that they they say will be re- released in the coming days. But you know, um, we, in BC, we don't even need to provide um, vaccine records to go to public school usually, um, and that's quite different. There are some places in Canada that people are used to at least showing vaccine records um, to go to public school. And then, of course, some people have to do it for work if they're in a healthcare setting, sometimes with the flu vaccine. But aside from that, um, this is just really unprecedented. Um, So just a lot of concern about, um, you know, the bumps in the road that Premier Horgan referred to yesterday um, with the rollout, you know, even with the vaccine registration system. Um, that was set up by the government. Um, it, it didn't quite work right away. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of issues about people being excluded from events or um, uh, other really important um, social happenings in their lives um, if the government doesn't get this right. And there are already some signs, um, we would say, uh, that, that they haven't quite gotten it right. They're, they haven't built in um, all the human rights that they need to. For instance, um, I was quite shocked to hear that there'll be no exceptions provided um, under this system for people who legitimately, for, for medical reasons, cannot be vaccinated. Let's, um, let's, listen to, let's listen to Bonnie Henry on that precise point, Megan. Here she is speaking yesterday about, she was asked, will there be any exemptions for the BC vaccine card? For example, like someone who for medical reasons, cannot take the vaccine. Here's what she had to say. The short answer is no. Um, This is a temporary measure that's getting us through a risky period where we know that people who are unvaccinated are at greater risk of both contracting and spreading this virus. So if there are um, those rare people who have a medical reason why they can't be immunized, these are discretionary events that we're talking about. So they will not be able to attend those events through this period of time of high risk. Okay, Megan, your thoughts on that? Yeah, that that's just um, against the, the Human Rights Code in BC. Um, 
we can hear her stressing there that these are discretionary um, and it's just temporary in nature. So, you know, therefore, it's okay to exclude these people. But um, that's just pure discrimination um, to, to not um, not allow those people to participate um, in services that are available to right. everybody else. The, yeah. the, BC, the BC Civil Liberties Association yesterday called this plan arbitrary and illegal. Can you expand on that? What is illegal about this? Um, just precisely that, the, the discriminatory nature uh, of excluding um, people who legitimately can't get vaccinated. Um, so what law, does, what law does that break? Does that go against like human rights legislation? Yeah, the Human Rights Code doesn't um, allow people to be discriminated against based on, on medical conditions um, and health conditions um, when it comes to services ordinarily uh, available to the public. So, you know, for, for instance, if I have the, the flu or if I have cancer, um, I can't be excluded from a restaurant. Or if I am, I at least have a, a claim and I can take them to the Human Rights Tribunal. So in this case, right. um, it, it, it's just a bit unclear. It leaves people... Um, without much recourse, and, um, you know, businesses won't really have a choice um, to allow those people to come in, it sounds like, um, without, you know, uh, breaking this public health order. Um, okay, okay speaking, yeah. to Ma- speaking to Megan McDermott, staff lawyer, BC Civil Liberties, BC Civil Liberties Association also calls the plan arbitrary. What is, um, can you expand on that? Like, what is why is this arbitrary? I mean, there's been over 1,800 British Columbians have, have died from this disease. Uh, the government is trying to stop more people from dying from it. What is, so what is arbitrary about that? Well, certain aspects of the plan. So I, I think one of the gaps that people saw or heard yesterday in the announcement was about how um, the staff at the workplace themselves um, won't be required to be vac- vaccinated um, or they, they, won't be, they won't have to show any kind of record. So... Um, you know, if this is such a, such a big public health risk, um, then why is there that kind of seems to be an arbitrary gap in the policy? Um, so, you know, again, being mindful that certain people are going to be excluded who shouldn't be excluded because, um, because they might have the, the virus. But then the people who are serving you at, at these venues, um, there's no need for them to be or to show any records about vaccination. Will this end up with a legal challenge? Like, do you see this ending up in court? Uh, I, people have been really, um, this is a very adversarial issue. Um, it, I would be surprised if this didn't end up in court, to be honest. Um, I, I think people are eager um, to test the limits of government measures and to see how far their, their freedoms go. So um, uh, we've seen individual litigation and challenges brought against government across Canada and also organized um, challenges. So with something this unprecedented and, and widespread in scope, uh, yeah, I just think that it's something that would be expected. Is there, um, any, is there any precedent in court for a court overriding a public health order in a, in a pandemic, in a public health emergency like we have right now. Like, I agree with you. I think this probably will end up in front of a judge. But mm-hmm. I just wonder if, the, if there's any judge in the country who's ever overruled a public health order. Well, yeah, I, the first one that comes to mind, it's not completely analogous, but it was a public health order in Quebec 
um, that was being applied to synagogues in Montreal. And what a judge did there was just read the public health order in a, in a way that allowed the maximum of freedoms. So yeah. uh, I, I think it's set up to 50 people um, could be at the synagogue at a time. Or no, I'm sorry, it was 10 people. But instead, the court, after they were done with the case, they said that every room that right. had a door in it um, could have 10 people. So courts will vary public health orders um, if they can make it in compliance with uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which okay. is what's at play here. We're going to follow it closely, to say the least. Megan McDermott, thank you for coming on once again today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, welcome back to the show. As another busy news day here in the battle against COVID-19, the provincial mask mandate is back. That announcement just a short time ago from Dr. Bonnie Henry, face masks once again to be required in all indoor public spaces in the province. That is effective tomorrow. Also announced earlier this morning by the government, face masks back in public schools. BC School is set to start up again two weeks from today. Kids, teachers, and staff will be masked up when classes return. No announcement, though, about mandatory vaccination for teachers in the province this morning, but very significantly, the Teachers Union, the BC Teachers Federation, announcing just a few minutes ago on social media that they would not oppose any mandatory vaccination requirements that are brought in by the province. Now, I'll be speaking to the BCTF president, Terry Mooring, about this uh, at 11.30. So make sure you stick around for that. That is very significant. Also, face masks required at colleges and universities, mandatory proof of vaccination for uh, on-campus living and also indoor events on university campuses. Could there be mandatory vaccination for university and college professors? That is also possible. The door was opened for that today. All that breaking here in the last couple of hours. Let's talk about the other big story and this one broke yesterday, and that, of course, is BC's new vaccine card, proof of vaccination now to be required to go to a restaurant, nightclub, casino, uh, call, uh, uni- concerts, and sporting events. BC vaccine cards, that was announced yesterday by the BC government. Let's discuss now with my guest, Anita Huberman, CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade. Anita, thanks for coming on once again. Good morning. Okay, Anita, I know you've been uh, in consultation with the government in advance of this announcement. Is this something that the Board of Trade actually wanted to see, this proof of vaccination system, that you wanted to see this introduced in the province? Yes. uh, We wrote a letter to not only the Premier, but also the Prime Minister for a short-term proof of immunization strategy. We could not afford another economic shutdown And uh, we really needed to have some way of mitigating the situation in the rise of the Delta variant. So, yes, we were pleased uh, with the announcement by the B.C. government yesterday on a proof of vaccine mandate. Uh, But everything now is all about the details, the education, the technology and educating our business community. Right. Of course, a lot of businesses would be exempt like from this. It would not it would not apply to retail outlets, for example. So if you go to a store, you would not be required to show proof of vaccination, but it would require it would uh, apply to a lot of businesses, restaurants, nightclubs, movie theaters, sports events, concerts, even indoor weddings and birthday parties. 
What are you hearing from your people in the business community in Syria? Are you hearing any complaints or concerns about this, or is it lar- are people largely supportive? They're largely supportive, but yes, we have been hearing complaints as well. I mean, uh, especially in the, the frontline industries, such as with restaurants or even with uh, corporate events. You know, what really is the role with uh, checking the vaccine passport? Uh, what if someone says no? Can you deny wow. them entry? Uh, so people are feeling really anxious. And when we released our position, Mike, three and a half weeks ago, um, I mean, we were receiving uh, threats by email, by voicemail. We, were, we even received a bomb threat by someone that said that they'll never get the vaccine. I'll never show my uh, passport uh, related to my vaccine credentials. I mean, there is some significant opposition, but we're all in this together to get through this pandemic. And that's why we advocate for the short-term approach. Wow. Wow, a bomb threat. My goodness. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you, you guys went through that. Did, did you guys take that seriously? Did you phone the cops on that? How, how was that handled? Oh, yeah. We phoned the Siri RCMP, issued a formal statement, and uh, I assume it's under investigation. I haven't heard an update. But, yeah, it's very upsetting to myself, my staff. Uh, we're a public office here, a public stakeholder. And again, I reiterate, you know, we're all in this together where healthcare, right. business, government are all interlinked. Okay. I think the enforcement part of it, and you touched on this briefly, is a concern for a lot of businesses that are affected here. A lot of them have got young staff uh, employed on the front lines here. How are they going to deal with someone at the door who uh, refuses to show proof of vaccination or uh, insists on being served when they're not supposed to be? And I think you're right. I think that's a big concern for a lot of these businesses. Let me play a clip here for you from Dr. Bonnie Henry on this point and then get your thoughts on it here. And here she is talking about how this is going to be policed and enforced. It is very much the same thing as uh, looking at proof of identification of age to get into a a bar or a nightclub, for example. So yes, we'll be working, and I know there's a number of ministries involved to support uh, businesses in how to manage this. We're making it as simple as we possibly can. Okay, Anita Huberman, do you agree with her there that this is a simple process? It's just like checking an ID card at at a pub. It won't be as simple because people are not used to it. But the fact that it's ordered by the provincial government, it's a provincial health order, uh, there's going to be a partnership with local bylaw officers. uh, And I know there's going to be hiccups in the beginning, absolutely. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, if we all work together, we all communicate on the gaps that initially happen and mitigate that, this you know, we could get through this fourth wave. Okay, Health Minister Adrian Dix also asked about this issue yesterday on the Jazz Joe Hall store, and here's what the Health Minister had to say about it. These are and will be provincial health orders, meaning that ultimately they can get some of that support from bylaw enforcement and environmental health officers and others. Okay, so he's saying that there are provincial bylaw enforcement officers who could maybe help out, but... Yeah, I don't think there's enough bylaw enforcement officers in BC to handle every every anti-vaxxer who wants to cause a scene in a in a in a restaurant. But your thoughts? I think the majority of British Columbians 
They want to do the right thing. They want to be protected themselves and to protect others. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we're going to have to work together on on anti-vaxxer approaches uh, that hopefully don't turn violent at the door in restaurants. I mean, we're going to have to watch that carefully. Yeah, for sure. Speaking to Anita Huberman, CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade, you mentioned that you would like to see a national approach to this. So British Columbia is now the second province to bring in a system like this. These are some of the toughest rules, if not the toughest we've seen in the whole country. Lots of other provinces, I think, are likely to follow suit with similar systems, but we don't have a centralized national approach to this. Can you tell me your concerns? Are you would like to see a more coordinated response on this type of system, right? Yeah, and uh, now with the federal election, everything is on hold related to that. Like our, our National Chamber of Commerce in Ottawa, the Canadian Chamber, we support a centralized Canada-wide approach to a proof-of-immunization strategy. Uh, and, for example, Surrey has the most number of manufacturers in British Columbia, uh, workers traveling across Canada. If we have this piecemeal approach uh, to proof-of-vaccination, it's difficult, unpredictable for individuals, for employers in, a, in an already uncertain time. And so if there was the same technology, the same rules, doesn't that make sense? Yeah, I certainly think so. It would nice to be some have some national leadership on this for sure. We got a lot of federal politicians involved in an election campaign right here now. It's, uh, it causes people to take their eye off the ball here and some of these important issues, I think. Here is, uh, let me have a play another clip here for you, Nita, get your thoughts. Uh, Walt Judas here, CEO of the BC Tourism Industry Association, with his thoughts on the BC vaccine card. We're very supportive that a measure like this needs to take place, if only to protect businesses, to protect employees, to protect guests, and to encourage people to get vaccinated. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see such wide support in the business community for this approach, even though it does put more onus on individual businesses to potentially enforce this type of thing. It it creates more kind of stuff that businesses have to do, more red tape and bureaucracy potentially, but... Still, I mean, you look at the bigger picture of the economy. Why do you think businesses are so supportive of this? They want certainty, right? They don't want to be locked down or shut down again. And that's the, that's the reason right there. We can't yeah. afford another economic shutdown. And if we did what we did last year, this piecemeal approach around uh, where COVID outbreaks happen, like in a manufacturing facility or in a restaurant and then just shutting them down, uh, you know, that creates greater uncertainty. You know, we uh, want to get past this pandemic, and I, I'm so glad that there's other industry partners that are supporting this short-term measure. Remember, it's short-term because we yeah. need to get out of this pandemic. It'll be revisited in January. Anita Huberman, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Right, welcome back to the show. And here we go now with the BC vaccine card system announced yesterday by the provincial government. Proof of vaccination to be required to enter a restaurant, nightclub, movie theater, casino, sports event, concert, even indoor weddings and birthday parties. This is the toughest vaccine requirement in Canada to date. It kicks in next month. We got a great panel standing by to discuss this. First, have a listen to Premier John Horgan making the announcement yesterday. 
we are announcing the initiation of what we're calling the BC Vaccine Card to make sure that when you go out to non-discretionary activities uh, that you can go to uh, with the confidence that those around you have also taken steps to protect themselves and their families. Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday on how the vaccine card will work. We're making it as simple as we possibly can. Mostly it'll be either by phone or by showing a, a paper copy. Okay, what a debate we've got going on this now. I spoke earlier today to the BC Civil Liberties Association. Uh, they call this vaccine card system arbitrary and illegal. Most of the affected businesses, though, speaking out very much in favor of the vaccine card system. I spoke to the head of the Surrey Board of Trade here a short time ago, saying this is what they wanted. The businesses want certainty. They don't want to be shut down again. Okay, let's discuss now what a great panel I've assembled for you here to discuss this issue. Barry Penner is on the line. He is the former Attorney General of British Columbia. I'm pleased to welcome him back to the show. Barry, thank you for coming on today. You're very welcome. Okay, also on the line is Keith McIntyre. Keith is the leader of the BC Libertarian Party, and I'm pleased to welcome him. Keith, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Hey, Keith, let me start with you first. What are your thoughts on this vaccine card system announced yesterday by the government? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'd like to say I'm shocked, but I saw this coming several months ago, and, you know, I've been inundated with uh, calls, messages, and emails, uh, First, when the healthcare workers uh, were told that they were going to be forced to vaccinate, and there's a lot of a lot of fear around that with people losing their jobs. And um, yeah, there's, there's um, the, the word I'm hearing on the street is that this is a, an egregious uh, act by the government uh, against our personal freedoms and personal uh, choices. Barry Penner, what do you say to that? Well, it's not arbitrary uh, because there is a reason for it. Uh, One thousand. 801 people have died of COVID-19 so far in British Columbia. Many more have become seriously ill, including members of my extended family have had uh, health complications from COVID. Um, so there is a clear and pressing need for strong public action. This is why we do have governments to take collective action on behalf of all of us to help keep us safe. And a person's individual liberty comes to an end uh, or is limited when their liberty impacts the health and safety of others. And so just as we don't permit smoking anymore in restaurants and public places, and um, we don't allow you to drive drunk on the road because your personal actions can negatively impact others by causing great harm to them, uh, governments have taken the uh, difficult but necessary decision here to uh, further, further encourage people to get vaccinated. Uh, keep in mind that this announcement yesterday uh, is only for non-essential services. So if you want to access a restaurant or go to a movie theater or a sporting event, you will have to show that you have been vaccinated in order to try to protect other people who may be endangered by your choice not to get vaccinated. Right. Okay, Keith, what do you say to that argument? Yeah, and I think you make a good point that the vaccine passports are to encourage people to get the vaccination. It actually has very little to do uh, with stopping the spread of the virus. So I was trained by the Center for Disease Control in the U.S. on the pandemic modeling and simulation. I would submit I'm probably one of the top five people in the country on uh, pandemic spread. And, and what this is is another coercion technique uh, by the government. They're singularly focused. Uh, on getting as many people vaccinated. And there's already 
of British Columbians had their first dose and 75 had their second. It's actually a little psychotic to think that that isn't uh, enough to reach herd immunity. And, you know, if you if you look at the beginning of this, it was two weeks to flatten the curve or two weeks last November to stop the next wave. Uh, the government has not been upfront with us about any of this. Um, John Horgan even shows a misunderstanding of how viruses work and spread. He says people want to feel confident that they can go out and uh, and not have someone spread the virus. Well, it's very clear uh, that vaccinated people can spread the virus as well, and but probably are you, but more are you because not, they're asymptomatic and but not. But are you are you not adults. less are you not less likely to spread the virus when you've been vaccinated? That's what Bonnie Henry said yesterday. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I don't think there's enough data out there to say that for sure. And you look at what's happening in Israel now, where they're showing that. Months later, uh, the vaccine is only 47% effective. And so on her press conference yesterday, she said that, uh, you know, there's no evidence about whether natural immunity wanes or how long that lasts. There isn't that evidence for the vaccines either. So I think there's, this is, you know, again, another coercion technique for the government to get uh, vaccines. And okay. this would be the, the 100% safest vaccine that was ever created and will save the planet using these types of techniques is is wrong. The government should make their case and individuals can make their uh, choices. And okay, Bar- Barry Penner, Ke- Keith McIntyre, the Libertarian Party leader there, calls it a coercion technique. I-, I think the government would say that they're trying to encourage people to protect themselves. Your thoughts on that? Right. We're trying to encourage people, and I say we because, of course, the majority of British Columbians, as Keith rightly pointed out, have already seen the wisdom in getting vaccinated. Uh, it's about protecting yourselves, but also protecting others, including those that cannot get vaccinated, who are under the age of 12, and it's not yet approved for people under the age of 12, or for people who are immune compromised, people undergoing cancer treatment, or senior citizens whose uh, own immune system just simply doesn't work very well anymore because they're older. Um, that is why governments of all stripes are encouraging people to get vaccinated. Uh, and to Keith's question about, well, Certainly, we should have reached herd immunity by now if 74% of British Columbians have had their first dose. Well, that point is undermined by the statistics showing that COVID cases are increasing. We're into a fourth wave because we the virus has morphed. It's uh, mutated, and we're dealing with the uh, Delta variant, yeah. which is many times more infectious than what we dealt with last year. And that's why it is a huge disappointment today that the BC government is not requiring vaccinations in the school system where you have adults working in close proximity to children for many hours a day, every five days a week, um, because this Delta variant is more infectious, and vaccines are the most effective way in reducing transmissibility of the virus. We really need to do that around children by having the people working around children getting vaccinated. Keith McIntyre, let me me ask you a question about personal freedoms in in this particular situation, and and I'm sure that's the issue that's nearest and dearest to your heart as leader of the Libertarian Party. What do you say to Barry Penner's argument that we all have limits on our personal freedom, and he cited some examples that you can't smoke in a restaurant anymore, you can't drive drunk, because sometimes your personal freedoms uh, can impact the health and safety of someone else. And is that not the situation that we face here? Like, as a, as a guy, as a, as a Libertarian guy... Can you see that part of the argument that what they're go- the government's trying to do here is a reasonable limit on people's freedoms because you're affecting someone else else's health and welfare? 
Yeah, the BC Libertarian, one of our founding principles is uh, the non-aggression principle. And so we we yeah. don't believe in harming other people. But the, the, the point is, is that uh, there is no clear evidence that someone who is asymptomatic is going to be spreading this virus more than someone who is vaccinated. There's also no evidence that it's the unvaccinated that are causing the mutations of the virus. This virus... Last November, Dr. Henry had said uh, had mutated already 12,000 times, and it's a highly mutatable virus. So we're kind of we're kind of trying to stop something that's really, in essence, unstoppable. And at some point, we have to bite the bullet and accept that. On May 25th, Dr. Henry adamantly said that she would not implement vaccine passports, and she said it will create inequities in society. And she said absolutely not. And so what's happening here is government political interference. Um, it's the same thing that happened with the mask mandates. When John Horgan came back to work after his snap election, uh, Henry, Dr. Henry was saying there will be no mask mandates, and she explained why, and she was right. Most people were wearing masks. Horgan came back to work. Suddenly, there's a mask mandate. Okay. It caused divide. It caused anger, and it created an enemy, and a government likes an enemy because it distracts from uh, their incompetence. Bar- Barry Penner, real quick, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll discuss this some more. But the circum, you know, I'm sure Bonnie Henry was here right now. She did say last May that uh, she was concerned about bringing in vaccine passports domestically. But I'm sure if she was here now, she would say the game has changed because of the Delta variant. But your thoughts? Yeah, certainly the game is changing, and governments have to adapt to that uh, as we learn more through science. Um, and just the last point here in Canada, our legal history is that your rights are not unlimited. Uh, and under our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, right in Section 1, you don't have to go very far. The very first section says they can be infringed uh, if, as long as it's demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society, meaning there has to be compelling reason to limit somebody's individual rights. And here we have a pandemic which has killed already more than 1,800 people in British Columbia. That's a pretty compelling reason. All right, talking about BC's new vaccine cards, they kick in next month. My guests are Barry Penner, Keith McIntyre. Phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Sandy in Vancouver, hi. Oh, hi, Mike. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the first sure. thing I'd like to say is I am not an anti-vaxxer. I've taken many, many vaccines throughout my life, but I do 100% agree with your libertarian guest that we are being coerced into taking the vaccine. One issue that I have never heard Bonnie Henry, our government, or the media, you, the media, talk about is COVID treatment. People who contract COVID, what treatments are being implemented by our medical, uh, you know, by, by doctors? Um, well, India, okay, be, okay, before India, we get... In- India yeah. has a lower COVID death rate than the United States with their over billion population they're on top of each other because they have no or very little vaccine but they are being treated by doctors with drugs and other things when early when they have symptoms of covid before they get to the okay okay thank you for the call well we we can't get into a discussion of treatment right now but let me ask barry penner about you know her argument that people are being coerced as she put it to take the vaccine your thoughts on that they are certainly being strongly encouraged Again, with this vaccine passport or certification that announced by the BC government yesterday, you still don't have to get vaccinated. I mean, you should. If you're a thinking person, you should. Um, But it's a choice. If you want to access a restaurant indoors, go to a movie, then you will have to produce proof of vaccination. And that is a public health measure. 
Uh, and it's, by the way, just in terms of treatments versus uh, prevention, yeah. it's far better to prevent people from getting sick than to try and cure them after the fact. Uh, we, we, we are doing better in terms of treatment. That's why the death rate per person that gets infected has declined as our medical professionals learn more about how to treat this very complex uh, disease. Uh, but still, people are dying in significant numbers. And uh, last week in the United States, the death rate once again reached 1,000 people per day, which is absolutely oh. tragic. Let's go to James on the line in Nanaimo. Hi, James. Hi, how's it going? Good. So the Oxford University just did a study, I think it was about 740,000 people, and they came to the conclusion that fully vaccinated people can carry the exact same amount of the virus in their bodies and spread it the exact same as someone unvaccinated. So why would vaccinated people be worried about unvaccinated people? Well, thank you for the call. One of the things that Bonnie Henry said yesterday is, you'd be, yeah, it is possible for you to be contagious even after you've been vaccinated, but you're potentially contagious for a shorter amount of time and less likely to spread it. Keith McIntyre, your thoughts? Yeah, I think the evidence is, is out on that. And, and well, you know, what happens when someone is vaccinated, and especially when Dr. Henry says that you are immune, there's a letter to School District 23 where she says if you get vaccinated, you're fully immune. People think they're superhuman, and they stop practicing basic hygiene, and they will end up spreading it uh, as much or even more than unvaccinated. I'd like to address the, the deaths uh, that Mr. Penner had talked about. So 1,800 deaths in B.C., and the way deaths are reported uh, in a pandemic uh, for certain types of diseases is you report it as a death if they have a positive test, uh, whether they died from that disease or not. And there's a reason why you do that uh, with an unknown disease, but uh, this disease isn't one where that should happen. And Ontario said uh, that in 65 and under, there were five times excess deaths more than COVID than expected. Uh, okay. So this is a clear a clear indication that the, the mm. restrictions and lockdowns and everything that the government has done is actually causing more deaths. Uh, oh, man. I don't, know about, I don't know about that. Daryl and Coquitlam, he's running out of time. you got to go quick. Yes, uh, I was just going to say to your libertarian guest that if you're driving your car down the street, the police can pull you over and they can ask for your driver's license. You can go to a pub, order a beer, you can be 70 years old, and the server can ask to see your identification before you're served. So are those infringements on my rights? I'll wait for his response. Okay, Keith, real quickly here. Yeah, they are. Um, IDing a 70-year-old man for a, a drink is an infringement on his personal rights.